to television in America? Um, if it helps, I didn't fix anything. I found a guy. <laughs> I don't know anybody who's fixed a TV in America in 30 years. I mean, don't you just take it back and they give you another one or you throw it away and you buy another one? So this, this TV is only three months old. Um, so it's still in the warranty. So yeah, uh, LG, the brand of which I have acquired this television from. Um, yeah, they sent a man in a van who said, yeah, it's broken. <laughs> a week later, he came back with the parts uh, and fixed Heart. it. Yeah. I mean, it's all, new, it's all circuit board, isn't it? I mean, it's... Which is what it needed. It needed a new CPU. I can't believe they just didn't give you another one. Uh, did, where'd you buy it? Uh, Best Buy. Oh, see, there you go. <laughs> where, where, where else? Where else would I have bought it? <laughs> well, perhaps you, perhaps you fellas uh, have noticed that I'm coming to you. Uh, that I'm, my camera, is some sort of weird, three hundred and sixty degree fish eye thing i was i was going to say that you're you look like you got a camera upgrade indeed i did though um and i'm, I'm so glad this is a podcast and not uh you know a youtube channel a video of a, a vlog uh because i believe I, I i think i look blanched and the fact of the matter is um uh i have a very uh I have a very healthy coloring, uh, thanks to my time in the Mile High City and uh, cutting my cutting my own lawn. That's impressive. Yeah, that's good. Especially, especially in, in no, genuinely in Texas, that's impressive. So, so I cut the lawn last Sunday, just gone. And you know what it's like. Most normally on a Saturday or Sunday morning, people are out. Everyone's cutting their lawns. Um, obviously, this is Texas, so you know it was like. 80 degrees at six in the morning. So I was up 7.30 Sunday, mowing the lawn front and back. Thought it was really strange. There's literally nobody else outside today. At 7.30 on a Sunday morning? Yeah, around, around here, people are cutting their lawns. There's a lot of older ones and, and all sorts. So anyway, I get to about halfway through the backyard and I get a notification on my phone. Heat advisory, stay out, stay inside, do not go outside, threat to life. So the Texans knew exactly what was going on. It was the dumb immigrant Brit who uh, didn't quite have a clue, but that didn't stop me, I carried on. Yeah, <clears throat> don't, don't let big brother tell you what you can't do. Exactly. Mad dogs and Englishmen go out in the uh, morning, <laughs> morning sun in Texas, yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. So I'm just waiting for my me to appear on the um, my local neighborhood app next door, whatever it is. So yeah. Quote. So I don't usually post things like this, <laughs> but there's a foreigner in my neighborhood who, who insists on going out. And the sun is shining. Sad. Very sad. I think that, that, that could be maybe a new feature for the podcast every episode. We could have a, 
what's new on next door. I see you're you're coming in you're coming in late. Brian and I already milked that in our first year. <laughs> yeah, but uh, one one thing that's that's become popular here is the uh, the the headline. Is this what we've become? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> no, we've always been this. Yeah. <laughs> and then some ramblings about some boys walking on the ice at the ponds over <laughs> you know in the neighborhood uh, you know jeff talking about his uh his skin coloring um it reminded me of like our uh i think about the 64 count crayola box like i think i think jeff would be like in the lower left hand corner and i would be in the upper right hand corner yes yes definitely yeah, Brian's looking still very healthy after his uh, vacation, and even despite his uh, woes of the previous week, back and forth to Denver Airport. So yeah, good job. Looking a lot more colourful than you did this time last week, anyway. Brian. <laughs> I feel I feel a lot better this this week. Yeah. Okay. Good, because you were pretty funny. Uh, Paul needs to talk more, and I need to talk less. I did want to. I did want to say this after reviewing last week's episode. Um, <clears throat> Jeff went on and on about uh, Paul Southern's sonorous voice, <laughs> the lieutenant, and then uh, allowed him like one and a half minutes of airtime. Can <laughs> <laughs> okay. comment on that? <laughs> That's that that's the thing about family brian you just kind of have to deal with it you know <laughs> all right well on that cheery note um on, on that howdy welcome to uh, the managing expectations podcast I'm your host, Jeff Winger. With me, as always, is the aide-de-camp, Brian Grimm. Howdy, Brian. Hi, Jeff. And, and, and my nephew, English Paul. Howdy, Paul. Hey, American Jeff. How's it going? <laughs> uh, fantastic. Uh, what was, um, listen, I, I want to I start out with... Uh, some some listener feedback uh, that is going to is going to provide some of the content that Brian and other um, and other of our listeners really want to hear. So a guy at work listens to the podcast and he came up to me and say, "You know what? I got a Jimmy Smith story." And and I'm like, "Really? No kidding." You don't say. <laughs> Tell me. Tell me more about this. Brian just bumped his head leaning into the camera. <laughs> so, so he was on a flight, a Southwest Airlines flight to Vegas. And uh, he was sitting next to a, uh, a woman and uh, she was chatting him up. And says, yeah, yeah, I'm flying with my husband. And she kind of gestures in the row behind. And who, who is it? But Jimmy Smith. So uh, 
uh, Al at work uh, was uh, listener Al, I should say, listener Al um, flew next to Jimmy Smith's wife as surely as Mrs. Winger flew next to Joe Montana. I've already told this story. Um, and then, so uh, Jimmy Smith uh, became part of the conversation and said he was a really nice guy. So Brian, I don't, I don't know if you know this, but I mean, I don't, I don't know if he's returned your fan letters, but um, apparently in person on a Southwest flight, he's a really nice guy. So Mike, I did, I did ask some follow-up questions though of listener Al, like what's Jimmy Smith doing on a Southwest flight to Vegas? He want to get away. <laughs> <laughs> it's all about those rapid rewards mm -hmm. maybe he's got the companion pass maybe that's what they do uh, I don't, Al thought maybe it was between the time he left uh, uh, NYPD Blue and he started uh, appearing as Senator Alderan in the uh, uh, in the I don't know, episodes two. I, I, yeah, I, I don't, I don't know when he made his first appearance. I really don't. Uh, nor, and also, nor do I. See, also by my way of counting, it would be the, the fourth and fifth, you know, Phantom Menace. Uh, I don't even know what the second one was called. Oh, that was, we, we did this already, right? It was Attack of the Clones. Return of the Menace. <laughs> <laughs> this time it's personal <laughs> revenge of the phantom yeah i wouldn't know yeah episode two he made his appearance and then episode three and also rogue one which i missed that one. Oh, he was in rogue one he was yeah mm. some people say that was like the best star wars movie but you think so? I do think, I think so. The, be the best of the reboots for me, definitely. Yeah. I thought, right. I thought, it, was, I thought it was really, really solid. And uh, <clears throat> I mean, we, we could spend an hour on that if, if, uh, <laughs> if you want. <laughs> Let's figure I don't, but we should give Paul a minute to talk. Paul, which is your favorite? <laughs> <laughs> Paul, what's your favorite Star Wars movie? Uh, my favorite is uh, my favorite is still Return of Return of the Jedi for me. Yeah. Defend your position. <laughs> um, I just I just love the way I love the way it all brings it all together because the, the thing for me for the other Star Wars movies is they're they're great but. Four and five really sort of for me were always building when you go back and rewatch them. Um, whereas I feel six really just brings everything together, and you know, spoiler alert, Luke gets his powers, uh, which is great. So, yeah, I just think it, it ties it all in very nicely. And I'm all about a big star battle, so yeah. How did you feel about those barbarian teddy bears uh, crushing Imperial? walking tanks with logs did that seem plausible to you absolutely you don't know how strong they are you don't know what their diet is they could have been in a constant bulk phase for all that time just waiting for them to turn up 
<laughs> the, the moon of Endor is rich in strength-building protein. <laughs> exactly. Maybe the, maybe they have the you know similar strength to weight ratio of like an ant, but on a bear scale. You, we just don't know. Uh, as I recall, no. Uh, <laughs> like when, they, when they first met the barbarian teddy bears, didn't they like take their spears away from them and like whack them with the dull end? You, yeah. you, you throw enough aggressive teddy bear life at something, they're, they're bound to be overwhelmed by it. Okay. Okay. Let's, let's I, find I, like, like, like for real, we're talking about plausibility. <laughs> In the context of a Star Wars movie. Oh, okay. All right. Here's the thing, fellas. Okay, and, and, and I think that this, at the risk of not letting Paul talk, but obviously, if he ever says anything that stupid again, he's never coming back. <laughs> oh, my. The question is, which okay, part so By the way, all right, all right, divert, okay, so divergence here. <laughs> so, I've got a story to tell about something really amazing that happened uh, uh, I heard from uh, a listener who recognized me from my our boyhood um, because of one of the episodes with my sister. So I'm, you know, I'm I'm blowing smoke at my sister. You know, so my sister is very excited that I hear from this guy and uh, my old friend. And um, I, I I I tell my sister, yeah, you're you know you're you know you're amazing. You're a real draw. And she says, that's interesting because I noticed that Tirza and Phil uh, are on the show rather more often than I am. And I say, well, that's because Paul can remember things. <laughs> okay. Yeah, we know that he's from another country, but in America, <laughs> it's pronounced Paul. <laughs> P-A-U-L. Can you can you pronounce that for me? Oh. I, I, I want to make sure that I get your exotic name correct. So it's okay, talking about names and mocking mine. Um a couple of Sundays ago, we were visiting some friends and I got called instead of Paul Southern, which is my full name. I got called Sutherland, not once, but three times. <laughs> so, yeah, I'm not quite sure, even though it was written down, I'm not quite sure how, how that happened, or uh, if someone just deliberately tried to, to mess with me, but let's just write this and see how he reacts. <laughs> Sutherland is a name, mm. it's just not yours. Not mine. But... <laughs> You do have some kefir qualities to you, so maybe that's it. Hey, I mean, I'm sure. You know I mean, in one of their wills, that will work. That's not a problem. <laughs> Donald yeah. Sutherland is uh, is is Canadian by birth, so you know he's he's part of uh, Albion seed, if you will. And Kiefer Sutherland actually has Albion some British. Is, is, is England? 
Yeah, Keith Sutherland, Keith Sutherland is British Canadian. Keeper? Yeah. He drives a uh, Ford truck. He's an American. Yeah, in the same way Ryan Reynolds is uh, America. That's just kind of just how it works, isn't it? If you're if you're Canadian and you get famous enough, you become American. You get upgraded. <laughs> you know, there okay, okay, I'm sorry. Here's the thing. All right. So um there are when it comes to uh, fantastic stories and you know so superhero movies or science fiction um i'm not so much with the the, the wizardy movies but you know those uh i suppose so here's the thing with, with elements of the fantastic all right it's gotta it's gotta be it's gotta make sense and be consistent within its own scope of things within its own, it's got to it's got to lay out some parameters and then stay within them. And um, uh, yeah, okay, so all right, so in a galaxy far, far away, a long, long time ago, um, <laughs> we uh, um, uh, they they have warp speed okay so they can hop from one galaxy to another now this is this would be amazing uh technology right but and and you know it would take a lot of math i would think so you don't end up in the middle of a star or you know an asteroid or something but whatever um so you know you go with that you know you go with Iron Man can fly, Superman can fly. I think Wonder Woman can fly some, but maybe she just like jumps and levitates. I'm not really sure. Yeah. So that's jumping and levitating and flying. I mean, there's a real thin line there. All of this stuff I can get behind, but then they'll do something stupid. Uh, I heard it explained recently this way. Did you ever, Brian, you're a, an aficionado of uh, Seinfeld. Is that, mm -hmm. is that safe to say? Yes. So there's an episode where a comedian who's not as good as Jerry and Jerry doesn't like him converts to Judaism just so he can tell Jewish jokes. Yeah, I was just talking about this episode the other day. What a coincidence. Is that right? I was, okay. yeah, I was talking to the kids about it. Uh -huh. So Elaine says, that offends you as a Jew? He says, no. It offends me as a comedian. <laughs> and um, so, I, you know, I, I don't, I don't like it when um, they, they bust out the continuity, right? So, so I've been watching Strange New World. They still kind of like it. Um, but now they've introduced <gasps> Spock's half-brother. Like, well, you never heard about Spock's half-brother before. I mean, I guess a, Vul a Vulcan doesn't really need to share. So maybe it just never came up. Also, I'm thinking he's going to die, but whatever. So, so isn't that the thing with Spock is that he's half human and half Vulcan? So is this half-brother full Vulcan? Well, he was only introduced at the cliffhanger. 
Oh, and okay. uh, and I, I apologize for the spoiler alert. We probably should have said this up front. Um, Sarek had a child out of wedlock before he married uh, Spock's mother, an Earth woman, because men have their needs. And I guess that's true on Vulcan. He sounds like a real piece of work. I'm sure that he was, uh, as you know, uh, the best father he could be under the difficult circumstances. Sure. Anyway, I don't know when they when they fudge things around. I, you know, look, uh, like in Endgame, uh, you know, there's all that time travel stuff, and I, I just I don't I don't. Uh, like a lot of time travel but they do it anyway you know nobody asked me um mostly i just liked it for the fight at the end i i get what you're saying and i and i do agree with you because i think that in the star wars universe the force is like the most powerful thing there is right i mean if if, if you can if you can lift a spacecraft out of a swamp with just using your mind and your hand and focusing on that and lifting it out. I mean, wouldn't that make you like the most powerful thing ever? And there's been some inconsistencies where it's like in Obi-Wan, for example, when- uh, You're watching this too? I watched I watched like the end of, of the last 15 minutes of an episode. Okay. There's a battle between Darth Vader and Obi-Wan and Obi-Wan is being like pulled through some flames by with the force by Darth Vader and somehow he still escapes and I'm like okay Darth Vader is like the most overpowered when it comes to the force that there is out there and he still let him get away like he couldn't just like force grab him and like bring him back it just didn't make any sense so I get what you're saying is that the the inconsistencies are surprising but some of the storytelling is is kind of entertaining so you so you roll with it and see i would actually say okay so look i i don't know i'm no uh jedi lord okay um so i don't know how the force works but i do know kind of how a tank works and in in return of the jedi they had these walking tanks now you would think that they're not you know that they're they're made out of sturdier stuff than like my my dryer okay so the barbarian teddy bears have a booby trap where they have logs on ropes and and they're and they're and they're flared out and then this this tank walks through and those those clever teddy bears they they let the logs go they swing down and with perfect perfect synchronization smash the head of the walking thing the walking tank and then like it crumbles to its its knees and i don't know what happens after that now i this is where i bump and yeah okay if you think it's stupid then okay then you know that's why they have horse races but um i just don't think you should be able to, i i here's why I don't think that you could set that tank or that trap for for 
most tanks on Earth and and have it do anything other than like give the guys inside maybe like you know like thrum their noggin you know like bong like <laughs> it just makes a really cool sound <laughs> el cabong um they 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 knew that that one was like loaded with like tnt and propane <laughs> that so it blew up yeah blew up. <laughs> yeah Maybe maybe they'd be given the drawings in the same way they have with the Death Star. Maybe that was that walking robots version of the exhaust vent, and they just they found it out. Okay. Maybe maybe trees on the on their planet are like way heavier and more dense than we ever imagined. You know, have you have you heard that you can't have like dissimilar metals like touching like over time, like the metals will react with each other and will eventually break down. Did you know this, Jeff? Okay, is this real or is this Star Wars real? No, this is real. Like, like you can't, like, like you can't, like copper and um, copper and aluminum. You cannot have them like touching each other. Um, over a period of time, they the the the. Um, they will react with each other and eventually it'll break down. Okay, so a house with old aluminum wiring and you try to bring in something new and it has copper wiring. Yeah, and, and so that you have to use a special compound when you join copper and aluminum together. You have to use a special compound that prevents that reaction from happening. And when you send electrical current through it, it's, it speeds up the reaction. but um, that's just, just an example. They're called dissimilar metals. You can't have them. They're not supposed to touch because they'll eventually break down. Um, my point in saying this, maybe that's the same thing. Like whatever those tanks are made out of wood from the planet Endors, like they're kryptonite. Okay. So you two are saying that <laughs> what makes it such excellent filmmaking is the fact that we were able to just burn 20 minutes of my life uh, with uh, dissimilar metal, the, the, the principle of dissimilar metals. Pretty interesting stuff. Oh, that's what, no, what, what we're proving is the beauty of science fiction. It's all made up. So we could just keep making stuff up for the next hour if we wanted to, and it could still not be wrong. Because <laughs> it's the planet Endor, and we haven't been there yet. So we don't know. Assuming it's still there, because obviously it's from a time in the future that was in the past, so. Have you guys ever wondered why I don't have a gun in my home? <laughs> no, we, 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 we remember that being taken away. <laughs> yeah, they took that away the same weekend they took my belt and shoelaces. In case somebody ever tried to get me talking about Star Wars for 30 minutes. Um, let's do this. Okay, so told the, told the Jimmy Smith story. Check. So through locals, um, uh, through managing expectations, pod, uh, what, what, what is our locals um, address, Brian? So through the 
a social network that we haven't really figured out, locals.com. Uh, we, I get an email from, from, and it's kind of cryptic, but it is something that we've never talked about on this show. It, it, it referenced fantasy books that I read in junior high. Um, so when other kids are reading uh, Lord of the Rings, uh, I read um, a, a series by a guy named Roger Zelazny uh, called Nine Princes in Amber. So there was a there was a, a reference to that. It's like you've got to be kidding me. So there's this kid who was probably my you know, he's my best friend in junior high. And then he moved away after our freshman year and went to California and we fell out of touch. Of course, back in those, you know, for, well, no fooling, 40 years ago, uh, it was a lot harder to stay in touch with somebody. And so uh, uh, we exchanged a couple of emails to make sure uh, that, um, you know, kind of kind of testing each other out to make sure it was like legit, you know, cause I don't want to, I don't want to get into some Nigerian prince operation or, you know, end up with a bunch of Korean hookers coming to the house. Uh, well, you stopped giving out your address on the podcast, right? Like, like, <laughs> like Brian may have gotten in his Davos swag bag. <laughs> It turns out it's my old buddy, Joe. Okay. And he, I don't know. I think, I think, you know, I mean, of course we're, you know, we're not, you know, we're, we're, we're turning into old men and uh, guys my age and he starts, uh, you know, looking for me and he finds this podcast and he listens to one where my sister references a thing and he, and he and says to his wife, um, I think this is a, a guy I was friends with in junior high, you know, so wild, right? Yes. And so, uh, uh, yeah, so, so we, we set it up and we, we caught up a little bit uh, the other night, spent an hour and a half on the, on the phone with him. It, it, it was, it was amazing. He, he sounded cool. really square. He sounded really squared away, uh, which obviously makes me feel bad because, you know, uh, I'm a mess. Uh, you, you know, I, I've never gone to a high school reunion. Oh, why not? <laughs> <laughs> well, Brian, I'm glad you asked. And um, uh, this is usually when I say, have you, have you seen the 30 Rock where Liz Lemon goes to her high school reunion? And she's convinced that like everybody made her life a living hell, but when she's back there and confronted with like the mature people that everybody turned into, they were like, it turns out that it was actually Liz who made life difficult for all of them, you know? And um, so I'm, I'm a little bit afraid of that, uh, that, I, that I'd run into some of that. Uh, but mostly it's like that scene in Field of Dreams where they ask if Ty Cobb is coming and, and, and uh, they say, no, we didn't like that SOB when he was alive. We're not going to play with him now. 
so so I haven't gone. But when my old buddy Rob got married, um, probably 20 years ago, it was as close to a high high school reunion as I've ever been and probably ever gone. So there are a lot of guys from my uh, graduating class. And, you know, I was looking for, you know, the divorce balding guys. And, uh, you know, got to say, everybody looked pretty good. Now, I, I have heard subsequently that some of them, their lives have fallen apart. Um, That's good to know. At least some of them. I'm not saying I'm happy about it, but I got to say, I'm neither am I inconsolable. Brian? I was going to ask Paul if, if you know, if uh, high school reunions Back are... to Paul for just a moment. No, I was going to ask him if, if, if high school reunions are an American thing or, or if that's something that they do in, uh, in Britain. Yeah, definitely an American thing. That's not even something that was even even considered whether or not it happened or it started to happen now maybe because generally everything in the uk is becoming slowly more americanized in certain areas so my my final year of high school we actually had a prom um and it was one of the first few years that they'd done that um so that was never used to be a big deal either um so yeah i i wouldn't be surprised if something happens now but no i Maybe just maybe just I'm the one they haven't invited. <laughs> Actually, yes, I've missed three. Apparently, I just wasn't invited. It turns out, this so. just in. <laughs> Class reunions are huge in the UK. Actually, originated there. <laughs> uh. Okay, that's funny. Uh, I, went, I, I went to. Uh, I, I was went. thinking that probably because of so many restraining orders against the uh, headmasters, um, who who were a little preoccupied with the bum, uh, that uh, <laughs> they're probably they, they they're they're prohibited from getting back together again. You know, twenty years later. This is part of the problem. Yes, yeah. British school school days are very different to uh, what you guys have to deal with. <laughs> <laughs> yeah so yeah no what about you brian you uh um, do you get invited to school reunion i did so at uh our 20th it was it was kind of a big thing but i went to a kind of a small school so there were there were only like 95 kids in my graduating class wow. is that true that is true hmm. really yeah was that in denver yeah wow well, I, I'm in suburb of Denver. Mm. Is that because mm -hmm. you were in a vocational program? <laughs> no, no. So, so I, so I lived in the city of Denver, um, and I attended Denver Public Schools all the way up until my freshman year of high school. Um, but the 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 high school that I was supposed to go to was, and still is, kind of a rough school. Um, and uh, there was a school that was a much smaller district in a, in a neighboring city um, that had open enrollment. And it was actually closer in location to where I lived. And so um, uh, you could be an out of district student and attend there, but you had to keep your grades up and you had to, you know, you couldn't, 
you know, be a bad kid or that they, they bring you out. So, um, so my, my parents sent, you know, my older brother and I, and my younger sister, we all attended that school. Mm. And it was smaller and they, you know, they, they kind of kept an eye on things, but, you know, we still had the, the same old stuff to a certain extent, as far as, uh, you know, anything that you wanted to find, you could, you could find it. It was just maybe a little bit harder. Hmm. It sounds like in terms of size, actually, it might have been because similar to a British high school, I, I had I had a much larger class than that. But um, we went to what did we go see? A, it was a John Williams tribute at a McKinney High School by the McKinney Philharmonic or something. Anyway, John Roger. Williams, who wants yeah. to be Aaron Copeland when he grows up? Yeah. Okay. Um, so we went to this this high school in McKinney, and I was just blown away by the size, the scale of it, the the facilities that you have on site at a, at a U.S. high school. I know they're not all the same, but even you know ones in other areas that we've sort of driven through and seen. It's obviously I'm, I'm guessing you get a lot of private money comes into it to help and stuff, but in the UK everything pretty much is state funded. Um, but yeah, it's like. It's another world. I couldn't believe I was walking into a high school when we went in and went into this auditorium that was <laughs> nicer than some places I've been to for a theatre <laughs> in yeah. the UK. So, yeah, it's uh, that's a, that's another huge difference, I think, for sure. Did you guys have a teacher who meant who was good, a profound influence or a significant? <clears throat> um i had one in my english who i think i would credit for me actually enjoying english language and english literature because when i started so basically the way it works in the uk is you have something called the what are called gcses that's the qualification you get when you leave school that then enables you to go to college or university or whatever um well, because of him and because of his his influence i was i got really good grades in the end in english i was predicted to get terrible grades to begin with um, and i wasn't predicted who who predicted okay he's... the the soothsayer <laughs> frozen was it the okay while he's while he's away we have to talk so who, who predicted <laughs> the oracle at delphi or not nostradamus so uh, he's gone again. I, I thought he said it was uh, like like the the witch doctor from uh, uh, Lion King. <laughs> oh, he's gone. He's gone. <laughs> uh, but okay, uh, boy. What a cliffhanger that was. That sounded like you said, what a fanger. A cliffhanger. Cliffhanger, I got it. I mean, I understand. His Zoom just died. Uh, well, one of us needs to tell him to come back. <laughs> well, why don't you bring it back? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, try CPR. Um, going back to... Uh, a, a particular teacher. I, I don't. I. 
I had a couple of teachers that I really liked in high school um, that, uh, you know, seemed to care about their job and um, could roll with the punches, I mean, so to speak, when it comes to dealing with, with teenage kids. Um, and, uh, you know, they, they made it enjoyable. One of them, he was, he was a substitute teacher, my history teacher. And I think I was in my junior year, she was out for extended leave. She had medical thing come up. And so he was, he was a substitute history teacher and man, he was, he was great. So he was a sub, but he was hanging around for a while. Yeah. Okay. And, uh, just like a long-term thing is what I mean. Yeah. <clears throat> and, um, and then he would sub in at, you know, he was, you know, he must've been on their list. And so he would sub in at, at other classes and things like that, but just, just a good guy and, and cared about his job and, and, um, took an interest in the kids and, uh, made it, you know, made it enjoyable. Um, but I, I can't say that there's not like a, uh, you know, a, a dead poet society type teacher that, that stands out. Yeah, I, I, look, I, I don't know that there's anybody that would have a movie made about him, but I think I did benefit from like some history teachers who, who really made it come alive. I, I mean, I'm, I'm always astonished when I, I think of, I mean, when people say today, you know, I hate, I don't like history. I hate history. Cause of course they don't. Yeah. Um, because, because history is just stories and people love stories. But I think a, his, a bad history teacher fo focuses on the wrong stuff, doesn't tell the why the story is important. Instead, they focus on the date. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, returning from we England is English Paul Southern. Uh, I, I want all of Paul's fans to know I did not, I didn't disconnect him. That was not an intentional thing, just to get a word in edgewise, just to have some non-geek speak. <laughs> Great, because it said I was removed by the co-host, Wenger. <laughs> Can you, actually, I'm having a hard time hearing you. Is that any better? Can you hear me now? Maybe a little. I noticed, I, I thought the last episode was kind of hard to hear. So I don't, did you guys have any trouble with it? I, I had a little bit of trouble hearing Paul. Um, and, but, you know. Dick accent, <laughs> indecipherable. Dick indecipherable <laughs> accent. <laughs> It's a shame this isn't a, a video broadcast. We could add subtitles there for the people. Who... <laughs> <laughs> it definitely needs to be audio described, I think. Uh, that needs to be a feature we need to work on. So, so I had, I had, uh, I had a, there's one guy named uh, Miller. Mr. Miller uh, was a, a social studies and history teacher. I thought he was really good. A um, couple of uh, English teachers, a woman named Neiman, and 
I've already mentioned Mrs. Wilson on this uh, on the podcast previously. <laughs> oh, by the way, Paul, I don't know if it's ever going to come up, but just a, a word of advice. You know, you say something to you say something to a guy about his daughter's milky alabaster skin, and some guys just flip out. So you know, keep that in mind. Okay, noted. Yeah. Having said that, I'm looking down the barrel of my 40th um, high school reunion, and I have no intention of going back. Which is, which I think, if you're going to go, uh, it's probably the one you want to go to because it's like the last, the last time before you're like really old, and the last time before, uh, you, you know, you, well, I mean, I would, um, actuarially, uh, I would expect a lot of my class of 500 to drop dead between the 40th and the 50th. <laughs> Is that crass? Look, I could be one of them. Okay. Yeah, yeah that's fine. <laughs> Is it okay then? In that case, it's perfectly fine. Yeah. Okay, going back, Paul. Paul was predicted to do poorly. Yes. <laughs> right. Yeah. And we were trying to figure out uh, what kind of precognitive uh, superpowers were. Uh... So be before you enter the final two years of high school, you have to do a round of exams. So that's where your predictive tests or results come off of these exams that you do before you enter your final two years of high school. So I did particularly poorly on, on the English, English language and English literature, actually. Um, so I was predicted to get a grade of a D and a C, and I did much better than that. So yeah, that was all, all, all credit. And we I actually had one, and I think my love of history partly comes down to my family. My dad has a great love of history, but also, I had a fantastic teacher. He was, I still remember his name, Mr. Inslee. And he had, he, he had a, always had like old fashioned style pinstripe gray trousers. He always wore a waist jacket with a, um, the watch, what's it called? Pocket watch. Would, would an American call a waist jacket a vest? Like a suit waist jacket? Okay, so is it the jacket? Is it the jacket? Like on a three-piece suit, we yes. would say you have you have a you have a coat, a jacket, pants, and a vest. See, no, to, to to an English person, a vest is what goes underneath your shirt. That's your base layer. T-shirt. No, that's a vest. <laughs> this is a t-shirt. Well, what's this then? T-shirt. Also a t-shirt. Oh. <laughs> that's so confusing. Oh, okay. okay. So, so, so hold on. So hold on a second. So you mean to tell me that in Britain you had a teacher named Mr. Inslee who wore a vest, a pocket watch, and he was a history teacher? Yeah, and, and it's not that's not the best bit. He wore a cape. <laughs> Seriously, I'm not making this up. He had a he had a Van Dyke and he had a cape and he looked he looked like history. It was amazing. He, he, he was someone who really, really lived, lived and enjoyed, obviously had a great, an actual love of history, not just 
even, even at the time I was in high school, he must have been in the school I was at for quite a long time and he hadn't been beaten down by all the like three rancid, years. rancid children of Coventry who came through his classroom. So. <laughs> That's cool. Yeah. Quite the character. Did he wear, okay, so he wore, did he wear a three-piece suit or just the pants and the vest? <laughs> He he had the three piece suit, but he typically just wore just wore the the, the vest and the cape. See, I I think a cape. Yeah, he would have gotten his butt I kicked think, in America. I think I you know I I don't know. I'd have to hang on. Let me get my uh, my Esquire. I, Brian, is there anything about uh, Esquire's Guide to Modern Etiquette? I think there's anything about a cape in here. Yeah, it says don't do it. <laughs> <laughs> I, I follow I follow the uh, the Edna mode uh, rules from the Incredibles of no capes. No, no, no capes. capes! <laughs> no capes. <laughs> My dog thinks that there's a problem <laughs> with capes. <laughs> there's actually. Um, Okay, and I'm glad that this guy's uh, a good guy. Um, there actually is, there actually is uh, uh, something in here about about capes, and it's the way you look. Um, uh, talk, talk amongst yourselves, Paul. Okay, so uh, one thing I did do this weekend was I discovered my dogs can swim and they enjoy swimming, which is not, you know, most people think all dogs love to swim, but I've got two mini dachshunds and they are renowned for not liking getting their underbelly wet. Um, my two, whether or not it was lack of choice or whatever, but they, yeah, they got in the water, they swam and had a great time on the weekend because obviously, you know, Texas, it was well over 100 degrees. We went to a lake um, for the first time, my first time anyway, going to a, a lake in Texas. So, yeah, did a bit of fishing. I'm now an official fisherman for the next 12 months. Got my license in Walmart. That was an experience. So, yeah, living out all the, all the American dreams in one weekend. Yeah, that's, uh, that's pretty cool. A couple of years ago, we took uh, our dog um she's uh australian shepherd and a poodle mix we took her up to the lake up in the mountains and uh there she's right there and, and she uh you know she splashed around in the water a little bit um but then she, you know it it goes from like 18 you know 12 inches deep to 18 inches deep and then it, it kind of drops off and she wandered out there a little bit too far and she went under the water and uh, all four of us just gasped and just like we're not quite sure what to do and she was just, she was just gone and Whoa. we just like <laughs> sat there for a few seconds and it felt like a lot longer than you know the two three seconds it was and then she popped up and uh since then she will splash around in the water but she as soon as it hits her belly she's done too deep. That sounds like a real rin tin tin you got there. 
All right. So uh, <laughs> the following is from the uh, Esquire's Esquire Guide to Modern Etiquette, uh, fourth edition from, I think, 1959. Yeah, that <laughs> 1959 edition. Uh, under dress clothes, formal and semi-formal clothes leave less leeway for individuality, hence less room for error. Follow these lists and your problem in this department will not be what, but whether to wear. It's everybody's problem, the more so since cutaways and top hats have moved farther and farther back into the closet. So you should never be afraid to ask. But here are some general guides on the wearing of the fancy pants. So uh, under full dress, under outer coat, and outer coat, uh, it says fur or fur-lined coat, black, Oxford gray, or dark blue wool, with or without velvet collar, double-breasted or single-breasted with fly front. The cape is also correct. So there you go. Cape is correct. Excellent. So, yeah, yeah. Right. But that's that's for full dress. Okay. So this guy was just going to hang with the private school boys. <laughs> he definitely wasn't a private school. Wait, wait, wait. No. <laughs> Public school boys. Public school. Yeah, this is something else the British do. Uh, private school is public school to them, and then I don't even know what it is if you have to, oh, it's state school, isn't it? State school. Yeah. 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 There's, no, there's no classism going on there. No, no, no whatsoever. Yeah. <laughs> uh, no, no, no capes. So, so, so does everybody go to Eaton in, uh, or is, or is this a Did you enjoy class? your time at Eaton, Paul? <laughs> But certainly not in my hometown, uh, Brian. Feel free to give it a Google and you'll realize why I'm so far away from Eton. It's actually not even funny. <laughs> Do the, can you teach us another awesome Welsh uh, term? Oh. I think there. Uh, because we learned last time that the microwave in, in Wales is called the pippity poppity poo. Yeah. <laughs> more more poppity more, more, more poppity ping, but yeah, pretty close. Poppity poppity ping. Okay, whatever. Okay. Um, Would you like to know what an owl is? Owl? Yeah, an owl as in the animal. <laughs> I, I guess. I mean, I mean, okay. I suppose it, it, it could come in handy. I mean, it's not as ubiquitous as the as the microwave but okay right. you, you don't know you haven't heard it yet um spelt g w d i h w okay that's how it's spelt it's Wouldn't pronounced goody who <laughs> i'm not making this up people can check it <laughs> please do but yeah yeah, I need, to spell, I need you to spell that again because I might have missed a couple of vowels. <laughs> oh, there was no vowels. That was the problem. <laughs> I think "goody who" is what the 101st Airborne yelled when they uh, when, when they jumped out over uh, over occupied France. 
See, this is this is how I imagine the animals probably would have been named in the early. You know, you go back to Genesis. This is probably how they were called to begin with. You know, what's that over there? Oh, it's a goody hoo. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, let's go with. Okay, so idiot in Welsh. You ready that for the spelling? Exactly. Ready for the spelling? Spelling is. That's it. Get your pen and paper ready. T W M for mother. F F A T. Okay. Okay. I don't think we can say that on this podcast. Tomb fat. Tomb fat. Tomb fat. Tomb fat. Yeah. You want to call someone an idiot in Welsh? So the the Welsh use the W for an, an OO sound? It seems to be, yeah. Oh, perfect. Iron to iron. This one's really good. This I think this one's like property pink. To iron, as in ironing, ironing clothes. Ironing board, yeah. Yeah. Is smoothio. Smoothio? Smoothio. Yeah. Say what you see. It's kind of a. It's kind of like a, like a, a little bit of pigeon English. You know how they. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. We had some friends back in England from originally from Cameroon, and they were from the English-speaking Cameroon set part, so they spoke pigeon. It's fascinating to hear it in full flow. Because um, we knew we knew some folks from Cameroon in Austin. Austin and they spoke French mm, and he yeah. looked he looked so much like Yafet Kodo it wasn't even funny uh Yafet Kodo was a, an actor who was in um you only live twice um alien he had a recurring role in homicide life on the streets okay great tv great tv show uh, he was with, he, he starred with uh, Andre Brower, whose name is spelled like the, the Welch Helt. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, so, so I, I mentioned this to, uh, what was his name? Bla- Blaze uh, was um, a, uh, the guy from Cameroon in Austin's name. And I said, um, uh, have you ever heard of Yafet Kodo? He says, oh yeah, he's from my tribe. Wow. Okay. So, see, I, I, I would never have put it that way. Um, but if you do, that's cool. Yep. Okay. Um, what, what are you guys reading? What are you guys reading right now? Certainly it's, not reading. Certainly not reading the news. I'm not. Not, I'm not reading anything about. Uh, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not reading what the market did today. Yeesh. Yeah. Um, it's uh, going to get worse before it gets better. I think that's true. Yeah, that's true. Um. So I'm um. Uh, working on a 
biography of Nixon by John T. Farrell. And I think it's called something like Richard Nixon Alive. But um, uh, before we totally run out of gas, as you guys know, and this is, tr and this is true, and this is um, really cool. Uh, we have got, the merch has landed. And let me tell you something. I'm selling, I am selling the ladies tanks and um, uh, also the, the Heather denim color, which is, uh, uh, I, I recall we were gonna call it Chicks Dig Gray Gray. Um, both of those have sold well, but I, I, the thing that I am absolutely the most excited about is the poster. Uh, it's it's on a heavy matte paper. There's we we did a run of forty, and they're going to be signed and numbered, and it's um. It's, a, it, it's the logo, it's the big, big face logo, but man, the colors pop and it's great. I'm so excited. I am so excited and folks can check it out by going to managingexpectationspodcast.com um, where all this stuff is uh, available. Uh, Brian, uh, yours and um, your poster and the t-shirts for uh, your wife and daughter are in the mail, along with Mrs. Winger Bowl Cozies. Oh. Here's Paul to tell our listeners a little more about Mrs. Winger's Bowl Cozies. Aren't you sick and tired of microwaving food and always burning your hands? Well, we have the solution. Burning fingers. No burning fingers, not anymore. Thanks to Mrs. Wenger's bowl cozies. They're stylish, very current, and work a treat. You pop your bowl on the bowl cozy, put your food in it, and then into the microwave. Hit the timer, and you just take it out. Eat your food, enjoy life. No more burny fingers, no more having to take those trips to the ER. All thanks to Mrs. Wenger's bowl cozies. If, if somebody was interested in that sort of thing, what website could they look at, Paul? Uh, Mrs. Wenger's Masks. Com. Mrs. Mrs. Winger com. Mrs.Winger.com. It's just in my favorites, so I don't ever have to type it in. <laughs> the commercial break's not for you. <laughs> you too can save this website to your favorites and never have to type it in again. I think, that's, I think that's a swell idea. Um, while we're at it, let's just do allinadream.us uh, for All in a Dream comics and books in downtown Denver at 3115 East Colfax Avenue. Uh, check out the website, uh, drop in. Um, you might call first, 303-333-8616. But... Ray's got an astonishing uh, array of back issues and graphic novels. Go to the website. Um, there's some there, there's some pictures which really show the selection um, there on his website at 
allinadream.us. So check that out too. Oh, you guys, I listen to Chris Levine's. Okay, so first of all, Chris, Le Brian, could you introduce us to uh, Chris Levine's awesome podcast? Chris Levine's awesome podcast is Refresher, the pop culture therapy podcast. And <clears throat> I mean, what else, what else can you say about it? It does a great job. If you, right. if you haven't listened to it, check it out. He keeps it tight, 20, 30 minutes at a time. No, and never 30. 20, 25 minutes at a time. Almost never 25. I think it's so tight. It's like 17 to 20. 20 minutes tops. And, <laughs> and uh, he does a great job. And we're happy to have him as a friend and somebody who promotes our pro podcast on his. And also somebody who helps us to realize... Uh, pushes us to be better. So here you go. Well, actually he makes me feel bad about myself because his, so he doesn't so much inspire me to do better as he makes me want to quit doing this altogether because he's, his, his podcast is so great. You guys are funny. Um, I just, you know, I mean, I, I, seriously, I mean, uh, there's, there's like that scene in uh, there's that uh, scene in uh, the last waltz with the band, you know, and so Eric Clapton is playing uh, further on up the road, and he's just he's just playing the guitar and he's just shredding, right? And uh, it's so effortless for Clapton, right? He's just like so cool and he's just doing it, and then like it was kind of like this guitar battle between Clapton and Robbie Robertson and Robbie Robertson is like, you know, he's like sweating and he's like trying really hard. And he's just like, it was just like an assault on the Olympus, you know? And, uh, you know, and Clapton would just like, you know, reply uh, with, uh, you know, more cool and placid uh, screaming guitar and, and uh, Robbie Robertson. So anyway, uh, Levine makes it look really easy. He's really good. I, I, you know, I think we work really hard to make an inferior podcast to Chris Levine's Refresher Pop Culture Therapy. Um, so I was, I was uh, cutting the grass uh, Sunday morning, uh, not at 730, Paul, because my neighbors like me. Um, and um, and I'm listening to uh, his podcast, and I had a grin on my face the whole time. It was unbelievable. It was ridiculous. I mean, I'm like out there grinning, listening to his podcast. It was about like aptitude and whether or not tests, you know, can really help you figure out what sort of how you want to spend your days. I guess. Uh, fortunately, uh, just to, I, I, I. I and I, I, I texted him and I actually read, I, I, I liked it. I reviewed it. You know, I gave it a five-star review because it was really great. And, you know, it was, he deserved it. Uh, you know, he wasn't just throwing him a bone. I mean, he really deserved it. However, the next one, the one that hit earlier this week is a, a Cure album. And he like gets all off on like Edward Norton Smith or whatever that guy's name was. And it's just like, oh, come on. You know, I don't want to. This, this guy is who you get when you can't get David Bowie. And by the way, 
I, you know, I don't. I, Levine's got a soft spot for Bowie and his ilk that um, that I don't really have. Yeah, so that made me that made me feel better about myself because you we're not going to talk about. <laughs> I, I'll talk about I'll talk about Star Wars again, which by the way we're never doing. Uh, before I talk no. about the cure. But this is a cure-free zone, which we like, so. <laughs> it is a cure-free zone. Uh, isn't there a band called Affliction? Or was that oh, an album? Brilliant. Yeah, probably. I, I'm Almost thinking so. metal. Yeah. Yeah. Brian, why is it your brow for a... It was, uh, Affliction was like a clothing brand that was like uh, favored by like MMA enthusiasts and like those that could buy like cheap steroids south of the border. So uh, uh, that's where Jeff's <laughs> heard of it. Yeah. And uh, heard of it with his MMA brand. Or is it Hot Topic? I don't think they sold it at Hot Topic, but I think that, you know, like I, I think if you bought like a pair of True Religion jeans, you got a free Affliction t shirt with it. Oh man, what was the what was the joke about true religion jeans? <laughs> I'll tell you offline. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna say it here. You can't, you can't tell it now. <laughs> I'm not gonna. I knew I knew that there was a joke somewhere um, about true religion jeans, I, which, by the way, I think I think Jared owned. I think Jared may have owned some. <laughs> Is that why he hasn't come back on? Because I think we might have hinted at that <laughs> joke at one point. <laughs> Uh, I think more likely, well, no, he, he wouldn't have listened to The Cure. I, I don't know why. I don't know why. Uh, you know, Jared's busy. J J Jared's, gone, Jared's gone to live on a farm with other um, former co-hosts. Uh, and uh, he's <laughs> super happy now. I've just now got a vision of this pen in the middle of the field with all the former co-hosts, and they're just... <laughs> they get fed once um, a day you know they get lots of exercise but they can't leave the pen <laughs> I, 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 before we go I, I just I do want to say um, thinking about Mr. Ainsley in his waistcoat and cape um, that the, the cousins are into history I mean they love history like Americans don't I mean Americans tend to think that history begins when they show up. Um, and that's, and, and, you know, and that's not great. Um, but like tours I've taken at the British Museum, they're just like into like crazy details. Uh, a few years ago, uh, a guy named, I, I suppose he was a historian, um, named Michael, I think Michael Grant wrote a book on Alexander the Great and he had a probably like a BBC slash PBS uh, miniseries documentary about Alexander the Great and he like retraces and, and, and it had some very interesting things. Like, did you know that there are people now 2,500 years later who are still pissed at the Greeks in Central Asia because of Alexander the Great. Now, this is a grudge longer <laughs> than like, I don't know what. Uh, Minnesota Vikings fans, you know, I mean, who are like mad at the Packers and the, and the Bears. So um, <laughs> anyway, there's a, so this guy uh, is there and, you know, they, 
they they um you know they church it up uh for the documentary effect so they've got like and, and I don't know if they got Klieg lights where you can't see him, but there's like torches lit and it's dark and he's like hunkered down and he like picks something up out of the, out of the dusty earth of central Asia on the way to the Indus Valley. And he's like, can you imagine Alexander and his troops were here in this very spot? Why Alexander could have come out of his tent flush with victory and done a mad huda huda dance in <laughs> for his inner circle. I mean, just just get so into it. That was perfect. How he danced <laughs> with abandon. Is that is that how your history teacher was, Paul? <laughs> yeah, he he actually did the dance. That was amazing. That's, that's what really made it. <laughs> Probably if you wear a cape. Everything you, looks more impressive when you wear a cape. You're about to do the Alexander's Hooter Hooter dance. Yes, absolutely. All right. Yeah. Let's leave it there today, boys. Uh, it's always a pleasure to see you. Um, let's, uh, let's do it again uh, real soon. Um, everybody, thanks very much for uh, tuning in. Uh, well, uh, downloading. Uh, we hope that you feel that we're worthy of you liking, subscribing, and sharing this podcast. Uh, again, check out the websites that sponsor this uh, uh, this uh, this conversation about interesting things by interesting guys who are actually. Um, and Paul, we want to thank you for saying more. Uh, Brian, we want to thank you for muting me so that Paul could say more. <laughs> and letting me back in after Jeff kicked me out. But yeah, I appreciate it. Yeah. <laughs> All right. We're, anyway, we're, I can hear my poppity ping is uh, is sleeping. Uh, <laughs> so um, uh, on behalf of uh, Paul Southern, Brian Grimm, and me, Jeff Winger, uh, thanks again and uh, poppity pink. <laughs>